Greetings, greetings, and good day, and welcome to the 148th edition of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we are here, as always, as always, talking about your Toronto Blue Jays, and, uh, and joining me, as always... Old, somewhat reliable. Old, reliable industry, Andrew Stoughton. <laughs> Stoughton, how are you? I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. Your your lack of reliability was was really our secret. I think. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think mean, people it, know that it's a it's a, a bit tongue in cheek that we uh, use that name. The uh, you know the long time uh, listeners they they know what we are inferring and implying, but uh, you know we 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 were out last week, back this week, going <laughs> to double up. Next week we got we got some exciting guests and stuff coming yeah, planned. Last week my it, the only thing doubled up was my vision when we attempted Hey-o. to do this. Yeah, four crusties. Uh, <laughs> uh, but now now we're good. We're all good. We're all back. The audio levels are right, and uh, lo and behold, the Blue Jays are making moves. So many moves, big, high profile, exciting technical moves. Right, styling and profiling. Yeah, absolutely. Styling and profiling. No, they're making minor league signings of relievers. Well, the the, the players obviously have to just accept that uh, they're not going to get their money and uh, take the contracts that are in front of them. Yeah, if you okay. used to be a a closer or a frontline reliever, now you are a surf. <laughs> now you're lower than the bottom of my shoe, so you take what you can get. And uh, you 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 like it, of course. It doesn't help that these these players are. Well, no, we don't have to. We, we're going to get into this. It's inevitable. Mm-hmm. This will turn into Comrade Stoughton's <laughs> organized labor <laughs> labor hour, and uh, and and I have this this you know strike breaker Groff. No, it's not. Well, I mean, it will become that. I but. was I was a little soft on owners this week. I thought actually, I was not. I I was not I was I was going in on them as they say, <laughs> as one should um, as one should. I I just I do think it's a a, a fair point to make that the you know uh, <laughs> the players had a hand in this CBA and uh, as they do in all of them and for a very long mm-hmm. time enjoyed the spoils of cutting out minor leaguers and young players and draft picks and international amateurs uh, to get their money. Uh, and 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 we're perfectly fine with some people getting screwed over and not getting the full, you know, their full market value. And now it's sort of biting the people that matter, which is a bit of a a different. No, it's a bit right. of a different thing than what it's sort of presented as as often, because it's not like it. It's you know, it's just the system is just fucked up. Full the stop. system is fucked up, and it has been for a while. And oh, well, let's okay, we'll get into this. Apparently, so, we're already into it. Yeah, the J, the J, the J signed John Axford to a minor league deal, which is very exciting. And they signed uh, uh, Jake uh, how, uh, Patricka? Patricka, yeah, something like that. Patricka, that's right. Uh, we'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, we'll, we'll start off with the uh, the communist rantings right uh, right here <laughs> and now. Uh, the DSA recruitment spiel. No, the fact of the matter is, you're right. The Blue Jay or the the players did sign a CBA that was not as favorable to them, um, because there seems to have been a long-standing sort of unspoken, you know, understanding between that that yeah, sure, 
will you know you'll get paid if you get to free agency you'll, you'll we tend to overpay or the kind of idea of oh the back half of that deal pays for the front half or the front half pays for the back half whatever it might have been it seems as though that uh, sort of gentleman's agreement or handshake agreement or sort of unspoken bond is no longer being honored because there's not really any reason for the front offices and ownership to have been honoring it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is to say that now the players are faced with a, a tragically, not tragically, that's overstating it, but with a very um, skewed labor market. And the problem, as I also see it, is that the fans, for whatever reason, are like horrifically on the side of the owners in a way that is really hard for me to get my head around sometimes. Um, like MLB yeah, trade it, rumors ran a thing like, are baseball players over, overpaid? And the majority said yes, which... Well, I, I, I would suspect that it comes down to this, the, the simple idea that, you know, it's, it's the biggest operating cost for the owners, and mm-hmm. those all get passed down to the fans in one way or another, and uh, which is you know a fairy tale. That if you think that your ticket prices are going to go down if players' salaries go down, but uh, but I suspect maybe that's something to do with it. That that's where you know it's like oh yeah, if they didn't get paid these millions and millions of dollars, then I could afford to take my family more often. Uh, which there's something to that uh, because it is outrageous to you know the amount of money it costs to to go to these events, but that's, I don't know. That's, that, that's but what, that, that's what that, our, our re- entertainment dollars work. That's how, that's not just this industry. I feel as though the thinking and the, the, the refusal to acknowledge that the teams have more money coming in than the dollars that are spent on tickets. Like the, the teams, mm-hmm. you know, that's, they all just got $50 million from the, the MLB AM from Disney thing. Yes, they did. And they get money from TV and they get national TV money and they get money that gets pooled from um, from merchandising. And they get, like, there's just so much money that, on top of the, the equity that the franchises gain over time, that the owners are never, ever, even if they oper- operate at a loss, they're still way, way, way ahead in the long run. But... It's it's too bad that, that the fans because the, number one the, the big difference is that the the players' pu- salaries are public, right? Mm, yes, so that's if, a good if, point. If you, yeah, and and the and the teams have a budget, right? So teams have budgets, and it's sort of understood. Well, if if we if we're the uh, better uh, the best example is probably the Angels. If you're the Angels and you are like, well, if we weren't paying Albert Pujols thirty million dollars. That money could go to a good player. Look at Albert Pujols. He's a bum. He is getting paid $30 million and he's doing nothing or whatever, however you want to look at it. But so I, I, something, a point that I saw, like, how much money did the, did the Phillies owner make last year on a team that won 66 games? Right. How much money did Jeffrey Loria make as owner of the, uh, owner of the Marlins over the, all those years? Right, where where even if the you know if anything, look at the look at the the price of that team when he bought it, and the price of the team when he sold it, and how many tickets they sold, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh, but it's I, I don't know the, those values offhand, but the Jays was it what two thousand one? So you know more, between fifteen twenty years ago, and I think it was like one hundred twenty million dollars for a franchise that would easily go north of a billion now. A billion with a B, billion with a. B. B and 
It's the same. It, oh, it, the, so, of course, so this labor thing is not just a, a, a figment of the media's imagination or the media being bored and the, the idle hands making doing the devil's work. The Players Association issued a statement. Agents issued statements. The league issued a fucking laughable statement about <laughs> owners get into owners' own teams for one reason, and that's winning. Like, the fuck out of my face with that <laughs> garbage. Does does Rogers own the Blue Jays because they want them to win? Of course not. Winning is an, a nice way to increase the value of that asset that they purchased. Like when they bought the stadium for nothing because it cost $600 million to build and they bought it for forty, and it's this huge chunk of incredibly valuable downtown uh, real estate and also a place to put up a million goddamn advertisements for their TV channels that now they have 162 games worth of content to run, plus pregame, plus postgame, plus spring training, plus the pennies from heaven that are the playoffs when you get there. It's it's asinine to, to think about it, these things in really black and white terms, I think, is the, is the biggest deal. Mm-hmm. And what we're seeing now is that, yeah, and, and what we'll get into is that uh, last week, when the night that we were going to record this, Roth Atkins himself uh, did a pitch talks. Uh, you, you and I are very familiar with pitch talks. Every, almost everyone listening at least can, has a passing understanding of what pitch talks are. The speaker series used to be, they've been all over North America and almost, almost many different cities, and they are based here in Toronto with Kevin Kennedy, a guy that you and I know well. Ross Atkins said a lot of things at that pitch talks, which is a, a bit more frank, a bit more open um, venue. And he said a lot of stuff that you don't expect to hear general managers say. Um, he, he said in no uncertain terms, no, not uncertain terms, but he talked about Josh Donaldson. He said, Ross, uh, he says, they, the team has a dollar figure. They're comfortable going, with, going to Josh Donaldson, and, and his agent knows the number. So it's, it's just like, he's just like, yeah, we know what we want to pay, and, and he knows what he wants to get, and that's pretty sounds like pretty much where they are. Yeah. But then he goes on, but the thing that he said that was really, like, striking is when you're talking about free agency, you're talking about aging players, and the trend of overpaying a player's aging curves has come to an end across baseball. That, for him to just say that out loud, is crazy, <laughs> Right. I mean, he's is he wrong? He's not wrong. But it, it is odd to hear a GM say that. But it all, it's also, it's like what you said at the start. I mean, the, the, they, the teams would do that. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. It's not just the, not just this. But I mean, the, the, it was part of that uh, unspoken bond that is no longer being honored because there's no mechanism to force anybody to honor it. Um you know, there, there there are lots of reasons. I wrote a little bit about this in my mailbag at, at Vice this week. Uh, you know, the the competitive balance tax, obviously, that you know, that's it's especially punitive now uh, compared to what it, what it used to be. Um, there are there are the, all, you know, there's all the teams that are are tanking, which is obviously uh, uh, having an effect on the market. Um, but that which doesn't necessarily mean that the you know that there shouldn't still be teams out there willing to pay for quality veteran players. Um, but yeah, it just, it, it feels like there where a couple years ago, not worrying about the decline of Pujols, uh or thinking, like you said, that uh, the front end will pay for the, you know, what we lose on the back end of that deal. It just seems that maybe the teams are smarting, smartening up uh, in that, you know, smartening up in air quotes, uh, obviously mm-hmm. not the, you know, that that's, uh, smarting up in the in their own self-interested business way 
which mm-hmm. is you know necessarily uh, cruel and and calculated and and not particularly people friendly, uh, and just seeing that that's not a, a great way to do business, and seeing that you know those extra couple years on a Pujols deal with the competitive balance tax the way that it is could you know hamper what they can do down the line with teams now thinking more uh, perhaps about you know the the entire width of the roster you know thinking about every every roster spot and not not being you know the stars and scrubs thing not not being uh the way that a lot of teams are going and teams thinking about having strength at literally every spot on the 25 man as opposed to eh, we will bring someone up who's making the minimum and and they won't play much and it's not going to be a big deal like maybe like, just these things are sort of evolving and you don't see the teams especially this year you don't see the teams uh who are just ready to break the bank and to push in enough to, uh, to make a deal happen. And that's, that's sort of what's, that's, what's been weird, right? Like they they have been incredibly disciplined Mm -hmm. in what they're doing. And that's precisely what Atkins is saying, right? He's saying, saying to Jays fans, Oh, we'll walk away from Donaldson. If we can't get him at the number that we have, that's just smart business is what he said, which is, yeah, it's weird. You're right. It's, and it, 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 you're you're right that it's not untrue, but it, it is also just like truly indicative of a, of a broken system. Um, in 2015, so the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays loathe to overpay Josh Donaldson. They're loath to give Johnson. You know why would we want to be paying him 30 million dollars a year when he's 34 or 35 and he's not he's half the player? And the answer to that question in in a just world is in 2015. The Blue Jays paid Josh Donaldson $4.3 million. And <laughs> yeah. he returned to them. He played 158 games. He came to the plate 711 times. He hit 41 home runs. He hit, posted a 154 weighted runs created place, which means he was 50, more than 50% better than a league average hitter. Uh, and he also played a uh, n- nearly premium defensive position at a high level. So he was the American League MVP that year for the paltry sum, paltry baseball sum of $4.3 million. Is Josh Donaldson rich? Yes, he is. He's going to make $23 million this year. That's a lot of money. Rogers going to make a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the money that the Rogers made will make this year will be not in part, in no small part, to, to the actions of Josh Donaldson in 2015 and then again in 2016 when those two teams made the playoffs, not because of him, but they're not doing it without him. Mm-hmm. So baseball has decided that they like the, that deal that they get when they can pay Josh Donaldson uh, in his first in that his first year of, through arbitration or second they can pay, first year they can pay him at what is essentially forty percent of his actual market value because they can. And now yeah. it's the, this this great realization that they can also not pay them on the back end. And and there's a lot. To, I was there's a there's a guy who's a, who's a Washington Nationals fan that I interact with sometimes on on um, online. And there was this this is a bigger discussion. It was about you know you and I are here and people who are listening to us are like yeah you shouldn't pay. It's stupid to sign some of the deals that that get signed or used to get signed. And, you know that's not a smart use of your asset. That's not a smart uh, you know use of your dollars or whatever it is. And, you know, the fan graphs and baseball prospectus and it's there, there has been a sea change, right, in the way that pe- the way that a lot of fans look at the game and the way that and then the sort of um, the front offices have come along. There is a belief and this. There's one guy I interact with sometimes. It's, he, he is not afraid to say. And, and you and I talked about this a little bit, too, that if you look at how many different 
organizations have someone from Cleveland or within the Cleveland kind of organizational tree in them. Right, yeah. The, which is to say that the current state of affairs in baseball is the fault of Mark Shapiro. <laughs> I mean, you laugh and I'm mostly mocking, but it's not nah, untrue. It's it's part of it. It's not, it, it, It's interesting. It's that... That willingness to be disciplined and to exploit the the CBA for what it is, right? I mean, that's what. It, yeah. And, and to me, like that's that's why I say I was a little soft on orders because they're like that is such a that is such a problem. You know, the I would be I would be okay. I think a lot of people would be okay with you know older players at the back ends of their careers not getting paid as much if they were getting paid properly. Uh, in the early years of their career and just the way that it works and the way that they game the, the service time and the way that just the nature of baseball is a guy like Josh Donaldson doesn't even hit arbitration until he's like 29 years old. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like that, that, like he's a, he's an extreme case. Jose Bautista is an extreme case because they, they were late bloomers and, you know, we're going to see on the other end, a guy like Vlad Guerrero Jr. is going to come up and, and obviously next year's free agent Bonanza is, is Machado is Harper, uh, guys who came up early and are going to hit free agency earlier and, the, and they're going to still get paid because the, you know, the value is still there. They think on those guys, but yeah, for me, it's like, if the if you took the money that was not being spent on the back ends of these veteran players' contracts and that money moved to younger players, to fucking minor leaguers who get paid dog shit, uh, mm-hmm. I would be okay with that kind of a system. But that's not the system that's that's in place. And teams are, are you know, just being like, like Ross Atkins, being more openly uh, willing to... Just, just stay disciplined in the face of, of you know, calls to push in and do a little bit more. Which it's a weird thing to say too, though, because this is you know, Ross Atkins jumped at fucking Kendrys Morales a year ago, so it's 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 a pretty it's a pretty new phenomenon. Even though last year we did see you know with Edwin, uh, some of you know uh, foreshadowing of what this was going to be, where teams when this is that's a guy who. You know, the Jays had a four-year, $80 million offer, and he didn't even get that when they pulled that off the table. And and that's mm-hmm. a guy who probably, who even they thought at the time, and who he thought what that he thought at the time was going to get more. Um, but yeah, I, and I think you're right. I mean, I think we see the we see Atkins and Shapiro and what they're doing here, uh, and because of their influence and because because of you know the the deep roots of that fucking tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where people. That's what people are seeing everywhere. That's just where the game has gone. That's where the front offices have gone. Well, it's, it's every it's every different Ivy League guy or every different uh, Shapiro acolyte or whoever people who've come out of that out of that organization being able to say or p- selling to an owner who is basically like who says the same thing that you say that payroll is the biggest my biggest expense and all of them are going to say they're going to do what jp ricciardi said 15 years ago or however many years ago that was he's you know i i can get you more bang for your buck i'm going to build you a winner for at at a fraction of the cost and yeah we're not going to piss money away because because the owners are people they're just rich people who feel the same way they see Alex Aberpool's soaking up, uh, you know, half their payroll, and he's limping around, and he's a hundred years old, and he looks like shit. And he's like, "Well, I don't, that's, not, that's no good." But, <laughs> but the other side of it is like, no, no one weeps for. Are we? Do we weep for for all the production that Marcus Stroman has provided up to this point? We you know when he's putting up five, four win years, when he's making five hundred, five hundred thousand dollars a year. No, and I mean, and I mean, I think guys who are people who are close to the game, um, they don't feel the same way. Bill James, of all people, was 
Oh. Just showing his ass on Twitter the other day. I'm not allowed to see his ass on Twitter. He's blocked me because I snarked some comment about him being a fucking old Republican moron. It was well. I don't. I don't think that has anything to do with his political affiliation as much as just like he. He did not have a strong. Well, uh, let's say you and I, who are just a bunch of two fucking goofs with with USB microphones right now, <laughs> have a bit of a strong, better of a better. Uh, understanding of the labor laws as it relates to baseball than he did. He was like, what's the minimum salary? Like $300,000 a year? Like he had just had no clue the state of the finances of the game or the CBA or any of that stuff, which is fine. He, he, again, he, he changed the game in a lot of ways. Um, maybe now it's kind of left, left him behind a little bit, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it'll it's, happen it's, to it's all a, they're at an impasse. And uh, the, other, the other side of it is, and I can't, the the again maybe if I'm maybe this is me being more sympathetic or not not being as cynical I, and I think that it's easy to get cynical and to think that like these crooks are screwing and shafting the players and as we've said uh, you know I don't think that's the case and nobody wishes ill and it's not like they don't they're miserly and don't want to give money to players they want to do as much as they can and just hold it for themselves that's not the case especially the especially the baseball operations people right Shapiro has a thing he sells he sells it to Rogers yeah we'll make it we'll build you a winner and and he came here as you've said a thousand times in this podcast like he left Cleveland because he wanted to come and work with something with a, bit, a few more resources right he's got more money to spend than he ever did in Cleveland Mm-hmm. Or so we thought. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, he may have also come here because uh, so, baseball needed somebody to fucking get Rogers to behave like a proper owner at some point. Um, yeah, no, that's Perhaps, true as well. Yeah, that, it's like glad handing fucking uh, backroom guys. I, I mean, you'd think Paul Beeston. Uh, could have could have done it, or you know, he gave it a go. But obviously, uh, butting heads with Rogers is something that is you know that's that's the job basically. Mm. Um, and so it's what, what like I'm saying, they sent, it's like they sent their top man to be like, "Hey, this market need, needs to be stronger. Figure it out." I so feel like these all, the, the the issues that are that baseball is con, is confronting is a labor issue, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that the fact that the you know the why pay a premium for the, for lesser production. But I think that the point also is, is that the way the game has gone sort of in lockstep with this understanding of value and looking at what, what works and, and getting, digging into numbers and looking at things that maybe people understood. And, and you see this all the time where people like Greg Popovich and, the, and, and Earl Weaver, they knew the same things that, and that sabermetricians and whoever have discovered in the subsequent years. Mm-hmm. But as we see the value of velocity, uh, and we see, you know, as velocity goes way, way up, and as reliever specialization increases and increases and increases, it's a young man's game because the old guys can't hang. Yeah, it's true. Right? And if, especially if you didn't come up living with that insane velocity, you know, what, what's the, 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 it, what we might continue to see is the drop-off in quality of older players. And you see it in hockey, right? And especially since the... Um, the the uh, the salary caps come in. The average age NFL or NHL player has gone down by like a full year, mm-hmm. and a part of that is because of the affordability, and a part of that is trying to fit them inside the cap. But I also think if you watch hockey now, and same with we, you and I were talking off air about basketball, like the games are changing. Yeah. And if you can't shoot a three in the N- in the NBA, you can't play. And if you can't skate in the NHL, you can't play. And now it's a, if you can't hit premium velocity, you can't play. 
And if you can't hit premium velocity, there's a good chance that you're an old man. Mm-hmm. Because that's just kind of how it works. I can I can think of at least one right fielder that uh, we watched that <laughs> that fucking happen to last year. So these I, I just feel like these pro, these 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 the issues that are facing the middle class baseball player are are uh, they're all related. And I think that for a long time it was well the the big guys get their money and and we and I think this is the thing that's peculiar that, that getting back to what what Ross Atkins said at the very beginning of this is like it's not new no it, this isn't like a new phenomenon is it just that like this year all these guys decided like nope we're not pay, overpaying anymore and that's where the whole collusion thing talk comes in that people aren't trying to like it's not going away you know, maybe as as well as it should. And I think a lot of people I know that I've seen and I feel like I don't think that there's an outright example of collusion, like that the the front offices all got together and, and said, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. And I, why would I do that? But it's and, and I and I'll equate it back to another sport. And, and it, there was a quote and I saw uh, Trey Kirby, you know, a former colleague of yours and mine. Mm-hmm. He shared a tweet from somebody else who was saying that it's hard to find mutually benefit beneficial trades in the nba right now because everyone values all the players the same way <laughs> and it's the same thing in baseball Atkins everyone values the it, same yeah. players yeah everyone values the players the same way and and uh is that collusion uh well if they're all talking and i mean and that that's i think that's uh anthopolis had that reputation of being the guy who's always like making two trades and trying to figure out how, how people value them i don't think it's that much different on in free agency if the, the agents talk and they're like, oh, we got this kind of deal and this kind of deal. Like everyone, if everyone's the value, everyone the same way and everyone recognizes, oh, well, this, I'm not paying for anybody who's over 32. Like I, I don't want anything to do with that. You see what we're seeing now. Uh, but I think that at the end of the day, we don't have to spend too much more time on it. But given the prices that players are, have been getting, and I, it started with even Addison Russell, I think, or Addison Reed, sorry. Addison Reed was like the guy we, we were all like, what, really? That's all he got? Addison Reed's really good. He got like two years, $17 million or something like that. And that's what Todd Fraser got. Yeah. There are going to be teams that will have missed out on players who could make the team, their team better mm-hmm. because they don't want to pay for it. And I think that's a mistake because that's where, in the end, to bring this back to something that is relatable to real people who are listening to this and you and I, is that's where the fans start to get to miss out. Mm-hmm. And like if you're the Mariners right now, I use the Mariners as an example, or the Blue Jays as an example. I think the Mariners are probably maybe a little bit closer to contention, perhaps, than the Blue Jays. Yeah, they're the fucking um, Mariners. Well, yeah, they're the Mariners, <laughs> but I mean, I think there they're, they're are positions they could upgrade easily with free agents that are out there. Yes. And they would be way closer to being a contender than they are right now. Because the, Mar- the Mariners are, are, are similar to the Jays in that they have... They need to get as much out of Robinson Cano and Nelson Cruz as they can, right? The Jays are the Jays have the Donaldson sort of that's the sand tripling through the hourglass, where the Mariners are in that same position. So maybe we can look at the Jays if the Jays are, are you know at through five games over five hundred in July. Number one, will they be that you know they'll be in the playoff race? But are they going to look back and be like, man, I wish we had pushed a little harder? Yeah, it's true, but I. I, I there's still time for these teams to do it. And, and, you know, the Fraser contract mm-hmm. is a signal that it, what they're doing is working for them. You know, they're, uh, you know, do you want the Fraser contract or do you want to be the angels signing Zach Cozart for three years and 30 odd million or whatever it was? Uh, 
I mean, that's why they're doing it is because it's it's fucking working. And that's why teams are are sitting and waiting and waiting and waiting for team for players to 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 come down. And that's why you know in that in what was a statement that began very laughably from the league, which was a, a horrible garbage thing about owners wanting to win. They were, you know, saying that agents, you're talking about agents and the union and, uh, and just the players in general, not, not being, or being behind the curve, uh, though not in these exact words, they worded it much more clearly than I'm saying, <laughs> but being behind the curve in terms of, of analytics and in terms of, you know, how front offices view people and, and, uh, and I think you know that's 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 there that that's there as bullshit as it is that is what's going on. Yeah, that's bullshit though. That's total bullshit. The one thing the one thing I really want to see though is I hate to see when fans are telling players are overpaid. Don't do that. Don't go on Twitter and tell Houston Streams overpaid. Don't go on Twitter and tell Brandon McCarthy's overpaid. Don't wonder aloud why ten million dollars isn't enough. Like, come on, have a little bit of perspective of their this unique position that these people are in. You and I are shitty at our job. Shitty. That's why we're doing this. Because we suck at every other everything else. These guys are so good at what they do. They're the absolute highest achievers. They drive the business for which they work. They should get paid what the mark what that system allows. Anyway, the Blue Jays are no different, other than the fact that this is all Mark Shapiro's fault. It all starts with him. He's like the guy's like, <laughs> I, I think about the, the sequence in The Usual Suspects when they think that Gabriel Byrne's character is, is Kaiser Soze and they have like that little, that little montage. That's, it's all Shapiro. Shapiro's the pop master. Cutting everybody. And the other thing, well, one other thing I did, we didn't talk about uh, that is, uh, of course, Kevin Towers uh, passed away right. this week, unfortunately. A sad, uh, sad day. I mean, Kevin Towers, we used to give him a lot of shit because he did a lot of dumbish stuff, but <laughs> seemed like he was a very well-respected man in the league. But there are fewer and fewer former GMs or former players. It's all these, the Ivy League types. Yeah. So that maybe they're not, they're that much less inclined to hold up that unspoken end of the bargain. They're that much. Maybe they're a little bit more less inclined to to have that sort of sympathy, not sympathy towards the players. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Be yeah. like that. This, this is just what happens. This is what you do. You overpay for a guy when he gets free agency because we stole from him for six years, and we limit how much you can make in the draft, and we limit how much you can sign for when he's international. Anyway. Yeah. Well, that's where that's where the players have to get their money back. I I really believe you know I mm. you can't make teams. Sign bad deals. I mean, obviously, it's going to you can't make teams. It's going to it's going to change, but yeah. I saw. Well, that I mentioned this guy, this um, Nats fan. He made a good point about the minor leaguers too. I think you got to be careful about trying to push that money into the minor leaguers' pockets because all those minor league teams could just go away. Yeah, a lot of those minor. You, 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 that's a if if suddenly that cost gets dumped onto baseball, all of a sudden you're going to see a real expansion of like. A complex level teams because it's just going to be like you know, half those guys are cannon fodder, right? Every how many guys that are play play in Vancouver on a given year are ever going to make the big big leagues or are ever destined to the, for the big leagues? Mm-hmm. Suddenly, you just take all the guys from Vancouver, all the guys from Bluefield, all the guys from wherever, and you move them to Dunedin and they just play against each other for for two years. And now there is no more Bluefield, there is no, no more Vancouver. So it's a good point. Be careful of that, I, I would say. So we'll see. We'll see. Be, In the I meantime, mean, yeah, be careful of that. Hmm? Be careful of paying minor leaguers. I mean, 
Well, no, be, be careful of 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 sh- of uh, waking the bear that is like this massive, yeah. basically free workforce. Yeah. If you agi- if, if uh, given all the things we've already discussed, if you agitate too much to have all this massive workforce paid, that massive workforce will will just go away because yeah, they're not going to take on a huge cost like that for out of the goodness of their heart. It's like maybe think through your CBA next time you're negotiating and think what the ramifications are and consider that you have. Now, you know, scores and scores of people in every front office who are working to exploit every little detail to every advantage they can possibly exploit. And don't be caught napping on what some of the consequences of what you allow into this sort of document is. And that, you know, you could you could collectively bargain a way to keep the minor league teams while still paying the players better, I think. Uh, And that's where that's where the, the root of all of this uh, is the CBA really? Uh, no, it's true, and and who knows what it'll be? Again, we've talked about restricted free agency. I mean, Connor McDavid is in his third year in the in in the NHL. He's make he's like one of the highest paid players because of who else could be, right? Yeah. Think about it. So that's not that that what works in hockey is, is would work in baseball. Even though that's that's going to be the end game, right? I feel like the baseball players have fought so hard against the salary cap that they've just backed, almost like backed themselves into a corner where now they, A, have a de facto salary cap, and B, crying out for a salary cap. Well, now they need to fight for a salary floor. That's, well, yeah. So that, But then how can Jeter buy a team if there's a salary floor? <laughs> right? Oh, man, then, that makes me mad. Then some of these shitbag teams that are just not even giving a shit and not even trying might actually have to, you know... Sign players like the Toronto yes. Blue Jays. Well, example. okay. Well, then it becomes it, it gets back to the thing. Okay, so who are the Blue Jays going to sign? That's an upgrade, right? That's the question. Who are the Blue Jays going to sign? That's an upgrade. You want where a are the positions? Name? That, well, you know, given the JD the, the, Martinez, any any basically any starter that's out there, any of like the top ten starters on the maybe not ten, but I mean Joe Biagini is your fifth starter. Is he uh, still though? You don't think so? I don't know. I'm sure they'll give him a shot. But uh, okay, well, let's talk about baseball for real now. Okay. Um, let's move. We'll shift gears. We shift gears to John Axford and Jake Patricka. Yeah, who I I know literally nothing about. I think they're kind of the same, different versions of the same guy. They're big dudes who throw hard. John Axford's very very tall. Uh, Jake Patricka is also six five two twenty. Uh, if John Axford is not 65220, I'll be very surprised. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as I have said on, uh, uh, it was mentioned on Twitter. Um, yeah, John, literally, John Axford is listed at 65220, and so is Jake <laughs> Patricia. <laughs> so they're just big slabs of meat, some big thick necked motherfuckers who are just going to stand back there and throw 95. Uh, these are both minor league deals, which is, again, a, the, the where we are, where. Players who are not coming off of strong years, players who are on the wrong side of, um, oh no, not even Patricia turns thirty in June, but you you can't get a big league deal. Yeah. You know, he was bad, 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 bad in twenty six seventeen. I mean, I don't think that's particularly new. I mean, there's always guys who, yeah, uh, and I could be wrong, but I mean, I don't know if this is Axford's first. Uh... Minor league deal. I know he was coming. No, I, I think you might be right. Yeah, because I remember the Jays, or uh, maybe not. Maybe when he went to Colorado, it was like 
is a big lead to that. I, 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 we know it, of course, because he's Canadian, obviously, which is which mm-hmm. is, is is a fun thing. It's always good to have a uh, you know a local kid on the team. Kid, I, you know, to me, but probably not to you, a lot of people listening. But I, you know, as much as I sort of roll my eyes at a lot of the the flag uh, waving stuff, but uh, uh, so we've over the years, people have always pined for him pine for a way to, for the blue jays to make this happen um, mm-hmm. which uh, it's nice to see it i'll take it this is his you're absolutely right this is his second minor league deal that was uh with colorado he he had signed a minor league deal and he pitched well for them and then he got a two-year deal out of that mm-hmm. um he made the big league team i guess out of the, out of spring training he earned himself a, a you know a nicer paycheck and then he, he turned that into two years with the a's which um again last year he wasn't great last year he like everybody else gave up a shit ton of home runs and he walked the ballpark, which is kind of what he's always done. But uh, no, it, he's an easy guy to root for. Um, again, for me, yeah. because he, he's he's a little bit different than the average ball player. Not that there's anything wrong with the average ball player, but like as I've said mentioned before, I saw John Axford at a Run the Jewels show before, which I thought <laughs> right, was pretty yeah. cool. And he uh, apparently he went to see Less Art, which is Riley um, and Ian from Project, Productive uh, Productive Outs with uh, with Mike. Who is on Twitter as well? Who is in Carl and Die? They have a band called Less Art. Plays almost like kind of quick sandy, uh, kind of post hardcore. John Axford is shows up at a Less Art show. There's probably less than 100 people there. And Amazing. There's a, an, an enormous active uh, major league ball player, six five two twenty, as I may have mentioned. But uh, it's this is depth, and and you this is more familiar names, guys with big big experience. And I saw actually, so there's another pitch talks tonight, and. Uh, Jeff Blair was there, and he made some comment about people lamenting the loss of Dominic Leone. And he's like, the Jays will find a Dominic Leone every year, uh, no matter what. Like, there's always going to be a Dominic Leone. And and maybe that's one of these guys. Maybe it's a bit of a reclamation project, guy who guy who uh, can just kind of throw it all together for a year and then go get paid or be out of the baseball. <laughs> but, <laughs> who knows? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Well, and, and the, there's one more. Um that uh, Arden Zwelling of Sportsnet did a nice little profile on uh, Taylor Guerrero, and you you kind of uh, kind of picked up that ball and ran with it a bit because there's a lot of talk in there about Guerrero being a reliever, mm-hmm. um, a guy who's only ever started in his career than like a handful of outings. Um, but now maybe the Jays are considering him as a reliever instead of a starter. I don't know. And you had you had thoughts, you had opinions on that. I I, did, I had some opinions, I suppose. I used some of the. Um... The comments that Atkins made at the pitch talks because I was halfway through transcribing it, that and uh, still am, uh, mm-hmm. and some of them sort of applied. So uh, uh, he's very high, and I think as he probably should be on the on the AAA roster, you know, uh, which is something that you could not say last year. But it does really feel like I I, I don't know about some of the infield positions maybe, but you know they've got some interesting pitchers there. I don't know that they're guys who are going to come up and be stars, but they're uh, they are. Uh, there is a good layer of depth there. Adding Axford and uh, Patricia, obviously, that's a uh, that's just more depth for it. And and, uh, and yeah, it, it just it sort of what happens with Guerrero, what happens with Biagini, uh, and what happens ideally is kind of where the piece came around to uh, is what happens with whatever fucking starter they sign, which should damn well be somebody, uh, uh, is going to make for an interesting storyline this spring. This spring, which is like less televised games than last year, uh, which I kind of bristled about uh, mm-hmm. last week or earlier this week. Uh, yeah, it's going to be actually really interesting, I think, because there are 
<laughs> there are so many options. The outfield thing is, you know, you could t- you could probably name what the outfield would be right now, but uh, goddamn, if it wouldn't be nice if they could move a couple of those pieces out of there for something, uh, because they can be just fine with you know four outfielders instead of trying to figure out how to get seven on the big league roster. Uh, but yeah, Guerrero could be a reliever. That seems like something that, that he could excel at. Um, I think he was a smart pickup too, right? Like, I think he was a guy, uh, you know, a guy who, who has lost a lot of the luster of when he was a prospect, but was a pretty high up prospect and, and sort of finally got a healthy a little bit at the end of last year and, and, uh, could be some nice found money, maybe like a Dominic Leon, uh, which I think Blair's right and you're right that they're going to find one of those every year. And I think that's what they're trying to do, right? They're trying to to not just get bodies, but uh, figure out whatever, you know, find as much upside as they possibly can at every spot on the roster and even at every spot below the, you know, the 25-man roster, uh, which goes right back to what we were talking about before, about how uh, just the ev- evolution of what front offices think and how they operate and how uh, meticulous they are about details like that. Yeah. The... Sorry, I lost my train of thought a little bit. Yeah, there. fair enough. It's because you asked about Taylor Guerrero, and I went back into the fucking labor shit or whatever it was. Well, no, but um, yeah, Taylor uh, Taylor Guerrero. The word I was looking for was a post type sleeper. That's a, I guess mm-hmm. it's kind of like a fantasy term, and and he could definitely be that kind of a bit of a fizzled prospect. Um, who now has moved on and uh, maybe is seeking to redefine his role. And, and I think that comes through in, in Arden's piece as well, that he mm-hmm. is a bit more open-minded and realizing that there might not be so many more kicks at the can, um, especially as you know baseball continues to march forward the, uh, the ceaseless beating of progress <laughs> upon all of our skulls. Uh, and I, it, I think to that point, I think Atkins mm-hmm. mentioned in the Pitch Talks piece about uh, just saying that sometimes... It's a real wake-up call for a guy to uh, to change organizations, to change organizations, you know, not not by his own choosing, and especially you mm-hmm. know, to be claimed on waivers. Like, oh, you know, this is he. The way he sort of uh, painted it was that that could be, you know, a motivator, and that's something that they uh, obviously are, are thinking about. Hey, work for Edwin, Edwin Encarnacion, right? There you go. Work like gangbusters. Man made like 120 million dollars after getting sent down and then waived and then reclaimed. Oh, that was such a lovely story. Um, Future Red Sox. Does, uh, Edward Encarnacion. Oh, can we? Jesus, can we not with that? <laughs> Horse shit. By the way, you. So you are referencing. There was a bit of a busted rumor. I don't know what the how much. Truth, if any, was was there. It that, was a, it was Nightingale, so yeah, take it for what yeah, it's worth. Basically, that the was it Cleveland floated the idea, or someone floated the idea of Encarnacion traded to Boston for Jackie Bradley Jr. Mm-hmm. That's it. And then you said, "Hey, hey, hey, Jackie Bradley Jr. and Kevin uh, Pilar, they're like the same guy." <laughs> Got to squint pretty hard, but yeah. Well, it's but, it's not. Uh, it's not the craziest thing you've ever said. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> Except for one thing. Yeah. Like, uh, I think they are, in, in, in a lot of ways, or they have been comparable hitters, comparable-ish hitters. Um, I think that Jackie Bradley Jr. definitely has, probably has a higher ceiling. I would think so, yeah. But the difference between Jackie Bradley Jr. and Kevin Pillar is that Jackie Bradley Jr. is actually a good center fielder. 
He's absurd out there. He is really, really good, and he has an amazing, amazing throwing arm. Like, insane throwing arm. You're not, uh, not a fan of Superman, I take it. Well, no. <laughs> Look. <laughs> This might be the craziest thing you've ever said. I mean, I what? mean Kevin Pillar gets pretty, for, for whatever number of TV dives he makes, uh, he, he grades out quite well by most metrics. That last year, the StatCast ones didn't like him so much. And the, uh, the whatever it was, plays above average or, uh, or You just wait. This is, this is going to be a topic for a later episode. Uh-huh. I was with, with a guest. We were talking about it today. And when the, when the when the idea of coming on and dragging Kevin Pillar was introduced, I was all about it. But uh, wonderful, wonderful. Me, uh, I, I would, want. I want to. I, I wrote about Jared Dyson. I want the. You know, this is because we, we have done this a couple. I uh, get me somebody who can hit right-handed pitching who can play just as good defense and make room for somebody else when the time comes. I would love to. Jared see, Dyson. Love to Gerard Dyson. Do Jared Dyson would be a really. He would. Uh, he could be a. He does the things that a lot of fans like, right? He spunts and steals bases and runs around a lot and stuff like that. I'm all for that. And he's a really good outfielder as well. Yeah. Um, and he is almost for sure a defensive upgrade on Pilar. Again, I'm shitting he, on Pilar probably needlessly. He, but. he provides much nicer cover for uh, or, or is a much better compliment to Anthony Alford when it's the time for Alford to come in as opposed to uh, Pilar being here, which will make which will be a little bit awkward. <laughs> Both right-handed mm. hitters, and and uh, I would love to see Dyson, uh, and because I think Grichik and Teoscar Hernandez, if he's on the roster, uh, can cover center if you have to uh, against lefties. It's not that often; uh, they're not going to be called on to do that too often. Uh, just yeah, get get something for Kevin Pillar. Sign Jared Dyson. I I really really felt good about that, even though he's you know not great. Uh, he's fine. I, yeah, I, and I I do believe I've become convinced. I've convinced myself since you know the Granderson signing that uh, that yeah, continue to upgrade against right-handed pitching. I think it's really fucking important when you have guys who are you know Morales and Pilar and everybody last year was just absolute dog shit in that split. Well, uh, I mean, I think the, you know, the Josh the ability, the ability for the Blue Jays to upgrade in the pitching department, I think, is clear. Mm-hmm. Um, we, as we talk about upgrades and we talk about um, Atkins again at, at Pitch Talks um, last week mentioned he said a lot of stuff he said a lot of stuff he probably won't ever say out loud again because a lot of <laughs> that one quote in particular about the agent curves thing really made the rounds on uh, I, thought, uh, I thought you were going to say the Goins quote well he did say I mean again that's a bit of like a what, the, so for reference he made a he made reference to we have players who may provide better offensive protection than someone like Ryan Goins. So it's odd to hear someone uh, a general manager call oh. out a player specifically. Oh there was oh there was an earlier one that was even better. What did he say? <laughs> he said he was talking about Donaldson and he's like uh just just lavishing praise on Donaldson what a great hitter he is what kind of like you know the kind of confidence that you have when he comes to a plate that he's going to hit a home run or a double every single time he comes up as opposed to say Ryan Goins. Well, yeah, it's Which so. A, wrong, yes, but, but. he's no, it's not, and that's the thing; it's not wrong. And I don't think Ryan, Ryan Goins is, uh, you know, he's got a bunch of games in the big leagues. Uh, he got a minor league deal to go play for the Royals. Um, he's now, not yeah, going to tell you that he's, he's as good a hitter as no, Josh Donaldson. He's not. He's sure. not even. No, no one's deluded enough to believe that. I also um, would. It, I would like to say, well, just well, briefly on the topic. 
uh, now that he's on another team, really pulling for Ryan Goins. I mean, I was pulling for him on the Jays too, but it's obviously he's a <laughs> he is what he is, and was was a victim of the fact that the Jays didn't have anyone better. But uh, want to see him do well in Kansas City? That'd be that'd be nice. I mean. Who else do they have? So there? he's gone to Kansas. <laughs> he's gone to Kansas City. Ryan Goins has gone to Kansas City, and uh, Darwin Bonney is a Ranger. I believe so. Yeah. Oh my God! It's like nothing is sacred. Nothing is sacred at all in this world. Uh, is there anything else we want to talk about? Uh, talk about uh, John Heyman getting lashed by Josh Donaldson. <laughs> Well, bit. first of all, Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson having himself a bit of a week on Twitter. He sure was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was awesome. So he McCarthy. and Brandon McCarthy were, were throwing down some good-natured vibes. I, I love love enjoying that very much. Uh, Donaldson got a tread of real light. Brandon McCarthy is uh, really good. Yeah. Really, really good at Twitter. He seems like a very astute and funny man. Um, you don't want to see Josh Donaldson get blown up. Josh Donaldson can always just rely on the fact that he's like a, an astonishingly better baseball player. I guess that's kind of a trump card. <laughs> one of these, like bit, Brandon yeah. McCarthy, make like a like a little pithy joke and some kind of obscure reference, and Josh Donaldson would be like, "I will hit it five hundred fucking feet off of you, given half a chance." Uh, and he's probably again not wrong. But then today, <laughs> yeah, I, you get he went at, Donald, he goes sorry, to John Heyman. Yeah, he did. Hmm? Yeah, I was just going to so say. What were you going to say? I was just say you know you get, you get the sense that like. He's just a, a, a. You get even in the tweets, you get the competitiveness that is there in Donaldson, which would mm-hmm. drive you nuts if he couldn't fucking back it up. But it drives you perhaps even more nuts because he fucking constantly does. He's just that guy, uh, which I have no doubt has contributed largely to him becoming the the insanely good player that he is. He seems very earnest, and, and that's what this thing with Heyman. So, mm-hmm. so I, you wrote about it. I, I mean, obviously I saw it. I watched it happen, and you know the absolute lad, Josh Donaldson, standing up for himself. But why don't you provide a bit of the background for uh, everyone who is not familiar with Twitter drama between <laughs> two grown men? Well, yeah, because Heyman just said that uh, I was talking about he's heard from like friends are saying at some point he mentioned jo- Donaldson's friends were his was basically his source on saying that. Uh, he expects like a like a huge payday, like a ridiculous payday, and that people are concerned that he's he's going to have to you know get real about that. Basically, I'm not quoting that right, uh, but that you know that was it. That's what, that that's all that uh, that's really all that Heyman said. And uh, Ed Donaldson came back and was like, uh, you know, you didn't talk to my friends or something, something to that you know, to that nature. I should probably just fucking look these tweets up instead of attempting to quote them from memory. But uh, uh, but yeah, basically Donaldson just dragged him for not knowing his friends, and then the thing I think that people are probably going to latch on to say said that you know he hasn't seen an offer from the Jays. Uh, he's always said that he wants to stay, uh, that mm-hmm. he's not just going you know going to go for the big payday. That and so just called the report inaccurate. Uh, but I feel that the the no offer thing is much like the insufferably fucking ridiculous. No formal offer to David Price situation. Uh, it could it could become one of those, you know, because I, I think sure that's where because I think that's I do too. But I think that's where it's at, right? I mean, Atkins literally talking about uh, the the number that they have. Like it's the the two sides know where they're at right now. I am very confident. So the idea that. Uh, you know he's he, I don't think John, I don't think Donaldson's inaccurate in saying that 
he didn't get he hasn't seen an actual piece of paper with an actual number on it but they know what the ballpark is you know they there there is no point in going beyond just talking about it if you're not close right like why are you no exactly yeah. or, or if yeah if you're not close if you what do they say? They what's the people talk about getting down to brass tacks. If you're not down to brass yeah. tacks, then why bother drawing it up? You know, they they know what they think and they know what they where you know they have the number. They have a number and unless there's something gives and they'll just wait it out. Um, it's uh, it's it is silly to to get caught up on that thing, but uh, you know, but good for Josh Johnson. And, and, and I I would say, um, again, he is. Not only is he earnest, but he's very. Um, he he was like, I know you got a job to do. Like he wasn't just like you're an idiot. He he wasn't like you or I would be. He wasn't just like you're a fuck. Not <laughs> not to Heyman. God, I would never say that to John Heyman. But uh, to somebody like fuck you, you dumb shit. No, he was just like, no, I know you got a job to do, but like just make sure you're not putting words in my mouth. Which I, uh, bless I, him. I I did enjoy. Who are you and, and why are you talking to me though? The uh, the Bautista Steve Simmons response. <laughs> Slightly different situation. Well, uh, horses was, for courses, right? Yeah, you don't. Yeah. Why would you do that? John Heyman, the greatest among us. I'm. I'm confident that someone who plays golf with Josh Donaldson probably said something to John Heyman, who I feel like plays a lot of golf. It could That's, be. And, I, and, I feel like this is this is golf related. And also to to Heyman's credit as well as a, you know he responded and and you know fair enough. I should have said that that uh, the belief is he will be aiming high. And then, you know, which isn't a shocker because he's an MVP and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Did not mean to imply he's made big demands of the Jays or didn't want to stay. So they, they've been cordial about it. Uh, but yeah, that's, I don't know. That's a, that was a slight amount of tr- uh, Twitter drama. Josh Johnson, he, he's not afraid to mix it up. You know, he gets out there. He's got the, he's got the self-belief too, as I was saying before. And, uh. Which makes me not doubt that he he would be uh, expecting to get fucking paid. Which, uh, you know, ask Jose how that went. No, Jose. He's good now. He's fixed. You can see. He's all good. He'll be back. Don't yeah, you worry. See, Don't you worry about the, Jose. You can see the teleprompter from uh, his seat next to Jamie Campbell. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I think that's it. We've gone on even longer than I even... I never would have expected us to get yeah. gone on this long. There's still lots of other things we can talk about, I guess. No, there's not really. Nobody else has signed. The Brewers. Did we talk about the Brewers? We, we've been through this. That's right. Brewers all day. Rob Irokane, who is the, the... Might as well be the third man in the booth on this show. Yeah. Uh, uh, he tweet, he posted... Shot me a photo on Instagram of him wearing a Brewers hat. Nice. Because he, he, like <laughs> us, is apparently Brewers fans now. But um, that's it. Uh, yeah, we got some guests coming up in the next couple weeks. So I think what we'll do, uh, Stoughton and I have talked about this, we'll do like a one sort of a one-on-one interview shows will come out and then we'll keep doing the regular shows. And part, as, as of course, part of the regular show, uh, Superbad, the Patreon exclusive content. So Stoughton and I are going to record that. We're going to talk about Pakoda. We're going to talk about projections and all that stuff that came out this weekend. And maybe a little bit more prospect love because uh, Fangrass came up with their top Excuse me, 100. Baseball Prospectus has their top 101. Uh, and, of course, you know, the Blue Jays get to play in that pool now. Blue Jays get to have names that pop up on, on rankings because they have two, you know, exceptionally high-ceilinged, um, very promising young players. And that's always exciting. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about that on Super Bad, which, of course, you can here if you are a patreon supporter which at patreon.com slash birds all day you can join them if you haven't already you can shoot us a couple bucks a month get signed up 
It'll show up in your feed. You can get it at the website there if you prefer. Um, but you'll, you'll be good to go. So you'll get this show, the full show, that we talk about uh, the news of the day. And then we'll have our special segments about whatever it is that suits our fancy at that time. Like Pakoda is premium content. We'll turn Pakoda into our premium content. It's only fair. Exactly. I think. It's only fair. So we'll talk about that. And, uh, and that's it. Uh, if you haven't subscribed uh, on iTunes or on Podcatcher or Stitcher or any of those things, you can do um, all of that. Um, and, of course, you can read Stoughton. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and read Stoughton at uh, Blue Jays Nation, at The Athletic, and, and advice um, on a day-to-day or minute-to-minute basis. But uh, big, big things, always big things happening in, 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 the, in the media world these days, Stoughton. And you, are, you are my entree into it. I just follow you. Oh, wow, you, really? As you show us, as you show me the new ways, the new venues. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, you might want to expand your horizons a little bit there. No, that's true. The Athletic doing big things, uh, launching a bunch of new sites. We've mentioned The Athletic. Of course, you uh, have been writing from them since they launched here in Toronto, but they're... Yeah, John Lott's been doing some great stuff. John Lott did a thing on the the pitch talks, which I thought was was quite great, and a, a thing on the Dominican... Uh, the Dominican Summer League Jays oh, the, who got, who got yeah. suspended, which was really good too. Mm, absolutely, it's great, and uh, and they've expanded. Uh, they've hired a bunch of new uh, beat writing types um, in New York and in Dallas. They're launching in Cincinnati. Trent Rosencrantz, who's an amazing beat writer, covers the Reds um, and future Blue Jay Joy Votto. <laughs> He's moving to the Atlantic, or sorry, the Athletic. Not not the Atlantic, but that's a good you know product uh, publication yeah, as well. It once was, yeah. So if you sign up for all of them, sign up for one of them, you get all of them. So uh, so if that's something that you're inclined uh, inclined to do, maybe you want to go check that out. No, there was something else I was just I was just reminded of, but I can't remember what it is. Hmm. Oh, Keegan Keegan Matheson, yeah, that's uh, right. Blue Jays yeah. writer. He just launched his own site. What is it? Toronto Baseball is that what's called? Yeah, yep, Toronto Baseball. Uh, so yeah, Keegan's amazing. Keegan's, Keegan's amazing. He's like uh, working as like a, a quasi competitor for years. I mean, the guy is uh, uh, makes me look bad. Not that it's that difficult, but he he works his ass off. He's always posting stuff. He gets up in the morning as opposed to rolling or rolling out of bed around fucking twelve thirty. Uh, These millennials, that's I think a generational <laughs> thing, right? Keegan Blake Murphy, your friend and mine, uh, just working their asses off. As opposed to sitting back and complaining. I don't know what that's all about. Why bother? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, have some th- I have some thoughts, but I won't share them. <laughs> what, but, but why bother? No, I, well, I mean, can these millennials, can they, I, I, I just, I hear, I hear the same stories that you do. I don't know millennials. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know what they, what they do in their free time, but maybe they, uh, you know, they, they did not enter the workforce at a great, at a great moment in the fucking world. Uh, so maybe they just haven't uh, developed the lifelong uh, alcohol habits of, say, someone uh, a few years older than them. I got to tell you, uh, alcohol habits I'm, are on their way out for me. Um, uh, I went well, since we last recorded. I went out to the. I, Hot Water Music Show that was mentioned yes, uh, on this yeah. podcast once or twice. I had a great time. I had too great a time, and it was a problem. Yeah, it was like a two day, two it's, days after Monday morning, hungover at work, not right, not okay. Yeah, I am. A, I'm at the two day stage myself, and it's yeah. How do these How do these old alkies keep doing it? I don't know. It's not right. 
It's not right at all. And it made me feel things that like I need this is this is now a me problem. This yeah. is not like a this is something I need to address. Is not getting it, it was the, it was I I brought a bottle of prosecco out as a joke and I brought it to my friend's house, but then when we arrived back at his house at whatever time, that bottle of prosecco ceased to be a joke and started to be the greatest idea of all time. <laughs> right. As it turns out, that was wrong. Yeah, that is that's that's some problematic shit. That sparkling wine or whatever, you know. At like three o'clock in the morning, it's like just I should have just taken like a sugar, like a strawful of sugar, and yeah, sucked it down my throat. <laughs> it was a nightmare, a living, breathing nightmare. And I shout out to my family for not uh, making me sleep on the patio, though. I mean, that was nice. That was nice of them. I didn't have to sleep on the balcony. That's good. Uh, that's it. Super bad. Check it out if you haven't already. Uh, that is it for episode 148 of Birds All Day. Spring training. Next time we cut, we talk to you, spring training will be going, right? Yeah. Is yeah, that right. true? I think That's so. crazy. Yeah. Spring training is upon us. We made it. It's almost over. Uh, we'll talk to you about that next time on Birds All Day. <laughs>